0: This is Heather, and you're listening to Let's Go There. Hey guys, these past few weeks have been incredible. Haven't you loved hearing these ladies' stories and of God's faithfulness? I know I have. This week, I wanted to do something a little different, and we're going to look at stories in the Bible of women who were unable to see, but God. Isn't that one of the best statements in the Bible and in our lives? Anytime you see or hear, but God, you know it's going to be good. Now, I know that there are some of you who've been praying for a child and your prayers seem unheard or unanswered. And I know that there are some of you who've been waiting for years and years for that child and you're still brokenhearted. I don't know the reason that some people can have children while others cannot. I don't know how your story will end, but there is one thing that I do know. I know that even in the pain, suffering, grief, and brokenness, God is there with you. I wish I could guarantee that if you just kept praying, God would give you whatever you asked for, but I can't. However, I do know that God's ways are above our ways, and He can do infinitely more than we could ever hope or imagine. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Romans 11.33 says, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible is it for us to understand his decisions and his ways. The truth is that we're not always going to understand the why behind God allowing certain things to happen. We're human and our minds and understanding are limited, but that's where faith comes in. Now, when I say faith, I'm not saying that you have to be blindly optimistic and positive all the time. Faith can come with tears. Faith can come with questions and wrestling with things. But faith is always rooted securely in knowing that God is in control and he loves you. You can have confidence that God will never leave you because he has promised us that in his word. Hebrews Thirteen five says, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you, which you're probably thinking, great. How does that help me? Well, let me tell you, the God that's always with you is the same God who created the entire world, the entire universe. He's the same God that breathed life into some dirt and made humans in his own image. He's the same God who came to earth himself to redeem our souls and give us freedom from sin and death. He's the same God who parted the seas for Israel to escape slavery in Egypt. He's the same God that healed the sick, made the lame walk, the blind see, and even raised people from the dead, including himself. He is the comforter. He is the Prince of Peace. Uh, I wish I could just reach through this microphone right now and grab you by the shoulders and just show you how incredible this is. I wish I could make you feel the comfort that I've received myself from this kind of faith in God. How much I rely and depend on the fact that He's always there with me, no matter what is going on externally. I know without a shadow of doubt that I always have God with me. I can't even really put it into words. It's it's just something that you have to experience for yourself to fully understand. And I know that God is fully capable of answering your most bold and desperate prayers for that child. And we've seen that time and time again in the Bible. Even at the very beginning of the Bible, we see Abraham and Sarah. They're both old and childless and God comes to Abraham and promises to make a great nation out of descendants. We see in Genesis 15, verse four, the Lord telling Abraham, no, your servant will not be your heir for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Can you imagine if that were you? You're 80 something years old, no children, and God comes and tells you that your descendants are gonna number more than the stars. (laughs) But you know what? Abraham had faith verse 6 tells us Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith then when Abraham was 99 years old God comes back and reaffirms his promise in Genesis chapter 17 verse 17 it says then Abram bowed down to the ground but he laughed to himself in disbelief how could I become a father at the age of 100 he thought and how can Sarah have a baby when she's 90 years old The one thing that you have to know about God is that he is the God of the impossible. If he says it will happen, it will happen. For heaven's sake, he spoke into nothing and created everything just by his word. Then later, the Lord appeared to Abraham again. And this time there was two other men, which were probably angels, with him. And Abraham sees these three men. And I'm using air quotes because Abraham didn't know that it was the Lord. But Abraham, being the good Middle Eastern man that he was, offered them rest and water and food. He hurried back to his tent and told Sarah, his wife, to cook a meal for them. Abraham gave them the food, and then one of the men asked where his wife Sarah was. Abraham replies telling him that she's back in the tent, but... One of them said, I will return to you about this time next year. Your wife, Sarah, will have a son. It goes on to say that Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent and she laughed because she didn't even think it was possible. Both her and Abraham were old and well past the part of their life where childbearing takes place. Then in Genesis 18, 13 through 14, it says, then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say? Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return this time next year and Sarah will have a son. And you know what? Sarah actually got pregnant. She gave birth to a son and named him Isaac. And God created a huge nation that still exists to this day. I'm not telling you the story to say that God is going to do the same thing for you because I don't know that for sure. I don't know what God's plan is for your life in particular, but I do know that God's plan is better than anything we could ever do on our own. I know that all He does or does not do is out of His love for us. Why else would He have sent His own Son to take on all of our sins and failures and pain and suffering and condemnation? Of course he loves us. He loves every single one of us unconditionally. And his desire is for us to be in relationship with him because that's what he created us for. And that's ultimately what will fulfill all of our desires. Yes, you still might have a desire for a child. Yes, you may grieve and be angry. The truth is that we live in a fallen world and we're dealing with the aftermath of that fall and we will continue to have pain, suffering, and sadness until the day that Christ returns and redeems this earth. The day is coming where he will wipe away every tear from every eye, and we can find hope in that. But I also know that you might say, well, how does that really help me now? That's valid. I understand completely where you're coming from and thinking that. And let me encourage you to bring that to God. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. Wait, how on earth are we not supposed to worry about anything? Well, let me tell you, It's by letting God transform you into a new person, by changing the way you think, and by capturing our thoughts and teaching them to obey Christ. It's all right there in the Bible. We don't have much control over what situation we're in a lot of the time, but we do have control over how we respond to it. You can choose to let this struggle and this grief define you, or you can choose to turn your focus onto God and lean on His infinite, glorious resources to give you inner strength through His Holy Spirit. I found that when you lift your eyes off your problems and put them on the problem solver, your problems just don't seem as big anymore. You can choose to let this time of brokenness work to build up your faith. It's kind of like muscles. Let's think about weightlifting. When you lift weights, you're working your muscles. And as you work out, you become sore, right? You're sore because lifting those weights tore your muscle tissues and your body has sent lactic acid to help repair that muscle. But when your muscle's repaired, it's not the same as it was before. It became stronger so that it can withstand lifting those weights again. Faith is the same way. It isn't going to grow bigger or stronger by never facing anything difficult. You have to tear it some, which can be painful, in order for it to become stronger. And the more it tears and builds back up and becomes stronger, the easier it is for us to face those struggles. Now let's look at some of the other women in the Bible who struggled with infertility. One that many people don't really think about is Samson's mom. Y'all, she isn't even named in the Bible. She's just called Manoah's wife. But in Judges 13, it says that she was unable to become pregnant. In verse 3, it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to Manoah's wife and said, Even though you have been unable to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. Then in verse 24, we see that she had that son and she named him Samson and the Lord blessed him as he grew up. Samson's mom may not have been named, but God chose her out of the crowd to bring one of the judges of Israel into the world and then there's hannah most people focus on this one when they think about infertility in the bible hannah was unable to have children and her husband had another wife who bore him children the other wife would taunt and make fun of hannah and at one of the sacrificial meals they attended this is what happened You can find it in 1 Samuel 1. It says, Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was deep in anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. "'O Lord of heaven's armies, if you would look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I'll give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut.' And as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. "'Must you come here drunk?' he demanded. "'Throw away your wine.' Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. Then it talks later. It says, When Hannah slept with her husband, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for he had said, I asked the Lord for him. I feel like many of you could probably relate to what Hannah must have been feeling others were getting pregnant why couldn't she what had she done wrong and just pouring it all out to God while weeping and she was so fervent and passionate in her prayers that the priest Eli thought she was drunk and it's so incredible because God steps in and answers her prayers it says the Lord remembered her plea we can always trust that God does in fact hear our prayers I love how David puts it in Psalms 18.6. It says, In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ear. Even when we don't feel like he's listening, he is. Even when he doesn't answer when or how we want, he still loves us. This reminds me of the parable that Jesus told in Luke 11 about a man who went to his neighbor's house at midnight wanting to borrow some bread. The neighbor calls out from his bedroom, which would have been shared by the whole family, children and all. So can you imagine? He probably was just like, stop, you're going to wake the kids. But he tells this guy to stop bothering him. Then Jesus tells them, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Now, Jesus isn't saying that our prayers are like a shameless neighbor and God only answers them because we're driving him crazy. Later in that passage, Jesus says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God is a good father who is ready to give good gifts. He loves us and wants to dote on us. This doesn't mean that we treat him like a holy genie in the sky and just ask him for whatever we want. God only wants what's best for us, which isn't always what we think is best. God wants us to bring our desires to him, though. He wants us to be honest with him. He knows what we're thinking and feeling anyway, but talking about it is how relationships work. And then we have Elizabeth in Luke 1. Her husband, Zechariah, is serving in the tabernacle when an angel appears to him and tells him that his wife will become pregnant. He says, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. And the angel tells him that because he did not believe, he will not be able to speak until that baby is born. Can you imagine? Zechariah comes out of that tabernacle and can't make a sound. He can't even tell her what the angel said unless it was like by charades or something. Then Elizabeth became pregnant and her son John was born. God used this baby to prepare the way for Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. God had this planned the whole time, even in all the waiting. And I'm sure the grief that Elizabeth had from not being able to have children This was the plan all along. And I know that even though the waiting is hard and disappointing and even discouraging, God has a plan for you too. Don't give up. Now here's something I want you to do. I want you to take some time to stop and think about all that God has done throughout history, but also in your own personal life. Think about the joy he has brought. Think about how He's been near you during the toughest, darkest times and think about how He is strengthening your faith even now. I want you to praise Him for it. You can pause this episode and do it now or you can do it after the episode is over. Whatever works best for you. Now I'm going to read a passage from Psalm 139. O Lord, You have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up, You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me and you place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to a grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. O God, if you would only destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme in you. Your enemies misuse your name. Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies search me O god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts point out anything that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life now i want you to think about these verses for yourself god formed you and saw you before you were even born he gave you life and you every moment you would ever experience both good and bad he planned it all out, so none of this has taken him by surprise. His thoughts about you are precious, and he is always with you. The God of the whole universe thinks about you and cares about you. He thinks you're precious and valuable. He works everything together for your good, like it says in Romans 8:28. So even though infertility and miscarriage are painful and full of grief, God can still use that experience for good. He sees the full picture when we only see a tiny portion of the picture that is just right around us. You can trust in God, knowing that He is in control, and He has ordered and written down your days before you ever lived a single one of them. And as we close out, this is my prayer for you right now. Jehovah Jireh, you are the Lord that will provide. Would you provide your presence and peace that passes all understanding? Would you provide your unfailing love and constant companionship through your Holy Spirit within us? Thank you for being so faithful. I pray for each of these women who are listening that desire a child but are still waiting. I pray for the women who have lost children, whether by miscarriage, stillbirth, or even after their child was born. Lord, I can't imagine the depth of that pain, Lord God. I pray that you would surround and comfort these women i pray that you would hear their prayers and their cries lord god nothing is impossible for you if it's your will lord bless them with a child make way for that baby to be conceived and sustain that pregnancy lord god bless them with a healthy happy baby if that's not your will then i pray that you would give them peace let them find solace in your presence and your goodness help them to place all of their burdens and worries and cares on you father god Help them to see your goodness through all they have gone through. You know exactly what they need. Thank you for taking such good care of us. Thank you for listening to our prayers. Give these women the strength that they need to get through this and come out stronger on the other side. Let your perfect will be done and let us trust you when we cannot understand the why behind all of the pain and grief. You are enough. Let us place our hope securely in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Let's Go There. Guys, I want to hear from you, so please write a review or find me on social media and let me know what this podcast has meant to you. You can find me on Facebook by searching Podcast Let's Go There, all together one word, and on Instagram at Let's Go There underscore podcast. Again, that's all together. We only have a couple of episodes left, so be sure to keep tuning in.